Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Today, we are talking about parenting, and we're talking about mindful parenting, and I think we can probably all use this. You know, parents often react on autopilot to their child's misbehavior. These reactive moments are often, you know, when we're at our parenting worst, when we get overwhelmed and we get angry at our kids. Many of us find ourselves yelling, especially if a parent yelled and shouted to control the situation and dominate us when we were children. Research has shown that yelling makes children more aggressive physically and verbally. Yelling undermines our ability to successfully guide our children for more skillful choices. So what we want to do is we want to help our children learn to be kind and respectful to others, including us. And then that's something that we need to do for them. We need to demonstrate kindness and success. So my expert to talk about all this today is Hunter Clarkfield. She is the host of the Mindful Mama podcast and creator of the Mindful Parenting online course and author of the new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome, Hunter. So happy to be here. Thank you. What an important book. I mean, really important. So what's the first thing? I mean, you know, you come at your kid or you're, they, they really upset you and you're ready to scream and you don't. What, what's the first thing you can do? Because sometimes it just comes out, right? You just start yelling yeah. or saying something and, you, and it, just, it just pours out of you. So how do you control that? It's such an important question, and the answer kind of lies in in two parts. So there are things we can do in the moment, and then there's there's a way that we can build our muscle of non-reactivity over the long run. So... When it's, so what's happening when we're yelling is that like our biological system, our nervous system is perceiving our child as a threat. And we're that, you know, that fight, flight, or freeze stress response is activated. And so we're in that, when that stress response is activated, the, the, the alarm bells of the brain, the amygdalae, these parts of the brain, they literally bypass the executive functioning part of the brain, the, the higher order thinking where like the prefrontal cortex where the, our, our problem solving ability, our, our verbal ability, our empathy, all those good things are, it literally bypasses that area of the brain to react instantly. So it's really just, I wanted to step back and explain that because it's so important to understand that this is like a near instantaneous reaction. Yes. And yep. it's not a choice. It's, it's our survival brain is right. having this reaction, and it's not our thinking brain that is choosing to yell. So nobody's, right. nobody's choosing to yell. So, so then when we start to understand our brain and we start to say, oh, you know, this is why you know, I, I don't remember that good thing to say that I learned from that parenting coach. <laughs> oh, right. okay. You know, this right. is this is what's going on. Then we can start to work backwards from that and understand it. So we wanna we wanna also step back and understand that uh, that stress response can be triggered by lots of things throughout the day and and can build up. So if we're right. you know if we haven't gotten enough sleep, if our whole lives are like, if there's a lot of stress in all the other parts of our lives that we're not attending to, then that's probably the number one predictor of yelling, you know, <laughs> just the overall stress. Um, Absolutely. So there's a lot of things to, to do in there. So there's a lot of sort of long-term things to do. And, and, and we can talk about those long-term things, including a mindfulness practice, which is so, so powerful. And, and that can start to build our our muscles and literally change the brain to help us be less reactive. But in that short term, it's really helpful to, there's a couple of things that can be really helpful. So Mm -hmm. in the short term, 
the best case scenario is that we kind of walk it back a step or two and we start to, when instead of like what parents tend to do, which is, I'm, you know, Hunter, Hunter said to be calm. Patricia once said I should be calm and not yell. Mm-hmm. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm calm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I I just want to ask you something. I just want to ask you something about that. I think I think one of the things that also also happens is that happens. We lose it, and then we go into shame. I shouldn't have done that. Hunter told me, and I didn't listen to her, and that makes it worse because then it's even harder to get back because now you're in shame mode. Talk about that too. Absolutely. You're, you're so right. And so I think that understanding of the nervous system is so important because it's like, it wasn't a choice you made, but yes, the shame mode, the shame is like, leaves us feeling, uh, you know, it leaves us in a, in a hole where we're unable to climb out of. I'm the terrible person. I'm a terrible mother. And so, and then what do we do from there? It leaves us feeling helpless. So instead, I do talk a lot of raising good humans and in mindful parenting about self-compassion, which is like giving ourselves a softer landing and saying, oh, that was a stinky moment. That sucked. That was hard. And it wasn't a great choice, but I can do better next time, right? Or I can, you know, this is, you know, I can always begin anew. And when we give ourselves a soft landing, it, it really helps us to start to, to make some changes rather than be stuck in that shame sp- spiral. It, it's kind of counterintuitive in a, in a judgmental culture to say, no, you got to be kinder and kinder yeah. to yourself, and do, then you'll be you, able to... Yeah, you'll be able to back. handle it. Yeah, do you think, Hunter, that um, deep breathing meditation beforehand can help you so that when, so you can almost sort of anticipate it when it comes and and change your reaction. What do you think? Well, yeah, that goes to that sort of second sort of long-term thing that I was talking about. Like, so in our, in the long-term muscle, meditation is pretty amazing. I kind of think of it as a superpower that we need because it, it literally, like I talked about the brain, how, you know, our reactive parenting just kind of bypasses the prefrontal cortex parts of the brain. Well, a meditation practice can, Actually, it, it increases our impulse control. And, and John Hopkins had 47 different studies that showed that meditation, you know, in, it lowers anxiety, lowers depression, increases impulse control. And it literally mm. changes the brain, which is so cool. Like the, yeah. the MRI yeah. studies of the brain show mm-hmm. that it makes the amygdala, those alarm bells of the brain, it actually makes them less thick and makes the connective tissue between the amygdala and the rest of the brain weaker. And it actually mm-hmm. makes the prefrontal cortex thicker, which is so, so fascinating. So it, you are like literally building this muscle of non-reactivity that can help you over the long run. Right. But there are things because, the, because the, old, the, the old way or the, you know, the way we kind of is, is instinctive is that reptilian brain, correct? Which is the fight or flight. Yes, exactly. I mean, especially if our we were yelled at as kids, where that's a, a strong habit energy in our body. It's something that our bodies and our brains know that's familiar. So it becomes um, it becomes a very easy pathway for the brain to go down. And so, so in some of those moments, it's really helpful to uh, to kind of like uh, when you're getting irritated at the inevitable annoying and irritating kids things things kids do you start to you can start to label it earlier down that that sort of like pathway to losing it so you might start to say I'm feeling really I'm starting to feel really annoyed right now and then that can be what's beautiful about that is that Instead of pretending to be fake calm, I'm calm, I'm calm. Like, mm. instead of that, you're, you're labeling that emotion, and that it has this name-it-to-tame-it effect where it actually provides a lot of relief right. for that. Right. And it also is modeling healthy emotional intelligence for your kids. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like this wake-up bell for you to say, oh... <laughs> I'm like down this, going down this path of losing it where I often yell. So I'm going to take a break right now and I'm going to 
do one of the five things that are, you know, in this book, I'm going to like do some deep breaths. I'm going to use a mantra. I'm going to do some things to help myself not go down further down that path. Yeah. I want to ask you this. What if, what if you do everything right? Okay. And you take, but what's happening is your brain hasn't processed it. So you're ruminating. So you do it right. And then you say, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did it right, but boy, I should have done it the other way, and you know, it would have been so much better, and blah, 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 you know, and on and on. How do you control that, Hunter? Because that's hurting you. The child may not see it, the recipient may not see it, but it's hurting you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and ultimately, those things come out, and that, that really is a, one of the things that mindfulness really excels at is um, interrupting that rumination cycle. I, I kind of, I, I think that's how it works to in lower anxiety, actually. But, um, yeah, the rumination cycle, in, in a mindfulness practice, when you're sitting there in a meditation practice, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like you sit there and, like, rainbow sparkles shoot out of your ears and you're in a blissful right. You know, you, you, you sit there and you get distracted by a million different things and your brain tends to, like, ruminate on different things and you practice interrupting that pattern. And so you right. say, oh, I'm, I'm thinking, and, and you go back to whatever your anchor is, like your breath or your body or, or the sounds and the space. And so right. it, you build a, an ability to interrupt that pattern and that that's really the most powerful step and that's pattern interruption yeah pattern interruption yeah yeah it's so important thank you all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk to hunter about say what you see how you can really use that tool of mental and verbal acknowledgement to accept and identify what's happening in the present moment. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Show, and my guest is Hunter Clark Fields. She's a mindfulness mentor, host of the Mindfulness Mama podcast, creator of Mindful Parenting Online Course, and author of the new book, Raising Good Humans. She helps parents bring more common to their daily lives, and she has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. You can log on to mindfulmamamentor.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are back with my wonderful guest today, Hunter Clark Fields. She is a mindfulness mentor. She is the host of the Mindful Mama podcast. She's the creator of the Mindful Parenting online course and the author of the brand new book, Raising Good Humans. She helps parents bring more calm into their daily lives and cooperation with their families. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands of people worldwide. Her website is mindfulmamamentor.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, Hunter. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to read something that you wrote, which I think is lovely. You say why mindfulness and skillful communication are the two wings that allow parent-child relationships to fly. So let's talk about the communication piece, how to be intentional in speaking and using our tool of mental and verbal acknowledgement. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Acknowledgement is this um, amazing thing that we skip over so often as parents, and it's so powerful and simple. Um, You know, with with parents, we're often when our kids come to us and and they have something wrong or they're complaining or whining or whatever it is, we want to just skip to to fixing the problem. You know, we want to just we want to fix the problem. We want to kind of make the problem go away because, you know, ultimately we're sort of uncomfortable with our kids having a problem. But when we can acknowledge what's going on for that child, it is, is it can be like a, this magic, magical thing sometimes and in, in just solving our kids' problems. So it's like what, when it, for instance, the very simplest form of this is, you know, a child hurts themselves on the playground and runs to a parent and the parent says, oh, you're fine, you're fine, don't cry, and kind of dismisses their problem. And then sometimes a ch- when that happens, a child's feeling like you haven't seen me and you haven't heard me, you don't really know what's going on. So actually the problem yeah. kind of escalates, it backfires. And yeah. if, when we can say, oh, you're hurt, ow, you know, we can, we can just acknowledge what's going on for that child it can be, you know, it's it's so it's such a relief for that child. It's like gives the child the message of, you see me, you hear me, you accept me for what's going on right now, and that provides this enormous relief. And we, yeah, you know, I, we can extrapolate from that simple problem to bigger. Problems. Yeah, I, I want to actually give another example of what you just said. Um, I do a lot of Mm -hmm. webinars um, for companies on parenting during COVID. And a friend of mine told me the story, Mm -hmm. and it's a perfect example of what you just said. So a mother is is in her home office, and she's working on the computer. She's having a meeting with her staff. And the little one comes in, crying and crying. And the mom, instead of saying, shh, go away, beckons the child in, puts the child on her lap, points to the computer screen and says, see, see what mommy's doing? She's talking to all these people, see? And the child snuggles into the mom's shoulder, sits there quietly, watches for a little while, gets off her knee, and walks out of the room quietly. Perfect example. Mm, Child mm -hmm. is happy. Child feels relieved. Child feels mommy loves me. That's all. Now, if she hadn't done that, the kid would have kept crying. And, and so, I mean, it was such a simple thing that she did. And it made such a difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we live in a culture, I think, that is sort of regularly dismisses children's problems and says they're not that big a deal because they're not the problems that we would have, you know. <laughs> but, um, but they matter to kids. And so when we can listen to kids, you know, when we can say, when we can listen to kids and hear their problems and, and acknowledge what's going on for them, it's really beautiful because then what happens with that is that kids get used to feeling, being respected, having their problems be respected, get used to being listened to. And, you know, 
I listened to my daughter talk about My Little Pony when she was four, but now that she's 14, she's still talking to me because she knows I'll listen, and I'm not going to just dismiss her problems, and I acknowledge what's going on for her. So it, it really is this vital step to just say, oh, I see you, I hear you, this is what's going on for you. What do you do with the teenager? What do you do with the difficult child who's very reactive? How do you handle those situations? Well, it's interesting because the tools I teach in mindful parenting are the same, whether you're 2 or 14 or whether you're with your, you know, 44-year-old husband or whatever. Um, They're they're universal. Um, So when what we want to look at is like when somebody else has a problem, when your teenager has a problem, we, the really the most fundamental tool is listening. And really the most fundamental tool in listening is your presence, right? So you're practicing to really be there. So when my daughter has a problem, I'm practicing to notice that my brain is starting to think of reactions, notice that I feel uncomfortable because she has a problem, but then come back to being attending to her, her face, to her words, to what's happening for her, and just really keeping my attention back on her and giving her that attention, which is really, you know, our, our, mo- our deepest form of love is to give someone something or someone our attention. And when we do that, if she has a problem and, and what's going on with her and I really listen, then this problem, the temperature starts to lower the problem starts to de-escalate when we can start to listen and and listen really with our whole presence rather than just uh, half a brain and the other half on our well and listen to what they're and listen to what they're saying without our own filters correct exactly yeah so what one happens of those is ideas we hear I talk it, about raising right Right, because we hear it with our own filters, and then we're thinking, oh, this is silly or stupid, instead of really listening to the way they're saying it. Yes, yes. Mindfulness, a definition of mindfulness that I like is that we are paying attention on, on purpose with an attitude of kindness and curiosity. And so right. this curiosity piece is so important because it's the opposite of, of judgment. And we don't really realize how much we're judging, I think, all day, but we, we really do, have, our brains are just sort of primed for judgment, but we, and we can start to practice instead being open and non-judgmental. It, it's really amazing. It's this practice of um, beginner's mind, looking at everyone and everything as if you are a beginner, and it's a beautiful practice with our children because... We instead, you know, instead of these kind of labels and these mental shortcuts that we take of, I already know what this problem is, I already know who you are, you're like this, we practice being curious and saying, well, who are you today? Well, you know, what are you interested in today? And that's really amazing because it allows our, gives our kids the freedom to grow and change and, and not be kind of pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at your book and you're talking about, you know, again, those habitual responses, you know, like when the child is having a tantrum, you know, and, and, and what, you, what you need to do in terms of acknowledging. Let's talk a little bit about that. What happens when your child has a tantrum? Well, when your child has a tantrum, when especially, you know, a young child has a tantrum, like a three-year-old, what's really happening for them is they're really... They're, they're overwhelmed and they're, they're having an emotional release. And when a child's having a tantrum, you know, yelling and, and crying and kicking, there's not a lot to do in that moment. There's really nothing to, there's no behavior to punish. The child's really having uh, that, their fight, flight, or freeze stress response become overwhelmed and, and they're having an emotional release. So for a tantrum, Really, the only thing to do is to just keep a child safe so they're not hurting any of themselves or anyone else, you know. And one of the best things, if we're able to, and it's incredibly hard because it, it can push our butt, own buttons so much, um, but if, if, our own, if 
we are not activated or triggered by our child's behavior, one of the best things we can do is just kind of hang out and breathe and practice being that grounding presence ourselves. Practice because children regulate their emotions through us. So if we can, you know, breathe and release it and take it out and just practice being that, 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 you know, sitting like a mountain and being solid like a mountain and then being that presence for our child, that's really the most healing thing we Mm -hmm. can do. And it goes back to, you know, listening and being present. Right. All right. Now, on that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how not to perpetuate harmful parenting patterns that were carried over from the way that you were parented and what role that mindfulness plays really in grounding yourself. So we'll take a look at that and how we can model for our children. My guest today is Hunter Clark Fields, and her new book is Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind and confident kids. She is also the host of the Mindful Mama podcast and creator of the Mindful Parenting online course. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, We'll be right back. You can log on to MindfulMamaMentor.com. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we are back talking about parenting through mindful communication. My guest is Hunter Clark Fields. She is a mindfulness mentor, host of the Mindful Mama podcast, creator of the Mindful Parenting online course, and author of the new book, Raising Good Humans. She helps parents bring more calm into their daily lives and cooperation into their families. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands of people worldwide. You can log on to Mindful 
MamaMentor.com. Welcome back, Hunter. Thank you for having okay. me. Okay. Great. All righty. Good, good. Well, let's talk about how not to perpetuate harmful parenting patterns that we're carrying over from the way that we were parented. It's such an important question because I think that that is, uh, that is something that often we realize we are, we're doing, we're parenting just the way, you know, the way our parents parented and we may not want to pass on everything. There may be some wonderful good seeds our parents passed on, but we may not want everything. So I recognize this in myself when my daughter was two years old and I saw this amazing temper come out of me and I was yelling at my daughter and I could see I was scaring her and I saw very clearly that this was that when I, when I was yelling because her big feelings, her tantrum or, or whatever, her, it felt real, it felt unacceptable to me. It felt unacceptable to my whole being when she had those big feelings. And I realized, oh, this is because when I was a little kid and I had big feelings, I was yelled at. And, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and, and so I was really taught it was unacceptable then. And I could see, oh, this is exactly what I didn't want to pass on. And it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just perpetuating this pattern that I didn't, didn't want at all. Um, so it, it's really important for us to start to like examine our own, ourselves and, and understand these things. A lot of times we're, reacting to our kids in, in, in an outsized way than the situation really, you know, warrants. And that's a real clue that we may be reacting from an unconscious pattern mm-hmm. from our childhood rather than like the spilled juice on the floor, you know, yeah. that isn't actually such a big deal. And so in yeah. mindful parenting and raising good humans, we do some work to kind of dig in and uncover what are the what are the beliefs and the stories and how were you parented so that we can start to maybe make some of those conscious, unconscious things conscious. We do some, some digging in work and, and also just that mindfulness work, that awareness work can start to help us do that. But, but once we start to just become aware of it, then we can say, oh, this is the pattern. And mm-hmm. that's when we can finally start to, to, to work with it and to turn it around. So do you think parenting groups help with that, Hunter? It depends. It depends sometimes. If you're in if you're in a parenting group where you're you know, it's like it's like wine and kvetching about your kids, then it may not be helping you with that kind of deep work. It really depends on the situation. Um, there's, there's definitely places for venting, but you know, it depends on the, the nature of the group of trying to, whether you are trying to understand and unpack and uncover and kind of heal some of that old stuff. But, you know, as you said, there's a saying called, if you can name it, you can tame it. So once you're aware of it, then you can change it. Yes. Yes. I mean, we can't do we can't change anything we're not aware of, right? So we have to, that's always the first step is awareness, which is that, which is that all important piece is trying, trying to understand ourselves. You know, it's, it's funny because we come into parenting and we think we just, you know, it's all about the child's behavior and we discover that there's, that, that we are the, a huge part of this situation and, and a lot of the work that I, I, you know, when I, this work came about for me because I was so frustrated when my daughter was little with parenting coaches and might just say like, just respond this way. But there's all this other work to heal ourselves and understand ourselves before we can get to that place of being able to, you know, just respond in a skillful way. You know, we have to start to uncover what are the real drivers of our communication. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about communication, Hunter, how would you suggest that people become helpers rather than problem solvers? You use that you use that specifically. You say helper rather than problem solver. What do you mean? Well, 
Yeah, it, when our when our kids uh, have a problem, you know, it's like, it goes back to that piece of we just want that problem to go away. We want them to be happy, and we sometimes we try to just solve all our kids' problems. And and what and what's not so good about that is that when we when we solve all our kids' problems for them, they 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 kind of they learn that oh, mom or dad will always do this. And, and it's kind of like actually a vote of no confidence in their own ability to solve their problems. And so we mm. actually put much more skillful to give, let kids solve their own problems, you know, at, at, at varying levels, at varying ages, of course. But from a very young age, start to be, think of ourselves as a, whole, as a helper or a coach rather than as the judge and the jury and the one who has to fix and solve everything. We don't always have the answers, and it's okay to be honest and authentic about that and to involve our kids in the process of being able to, to solve problems that come up yeah. and even fail. Yeah. You know, our kids need to have yeah. pra- you know, practice in so, failing right. and, and but, having that difficulty but, too. So when you say, you know, I guess I think of the, the semantics differently because to me, problem solving mm. is not that you solve the problem, but you brainstorm with them. So, you know, you, they may come up with the answer, but you kind of facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Well, that can be a way to do that. You know, um, sometimes when our kids come with a problem, sometimes we, to solve the problem, all they need is some reflection. You know, so just like when a friend comes to you and they've got a problem and you talk to them about it and you hear them and you listen to them and they kind of talk through it and they peel the onion themselves and they're like, great, I feel better now and I figured it out. And always our solutions to problems are so much better when they come from ourselves, you know, and then they're much more accepted. And yeah, we can be a facilitator by you know, reflecting back to our kids and listening to them and hearing them, but not necessarily taking on their problems as our own. Right. So that's important. And also modeling, right? I mean, you know, modeling that behavior with other people, not just with your kids, but your spouse, your significant other, people that are close to you, so they see that this is your behavior consistently. Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah. Our kids are not great at doing what we say, but they are really, really good at doing what we do. Um, you know, we, I, I think that many parents like have had the experience I had of saying, oh, that's what I sound like. Oh, my goodness. You know, when they hear yeah. a, a, a child talking to like a younger sibling. Um, yeah. It, you know, we can't yell at our kids not to yell. You know, we can't yeah, we have to model that respect and if we want to get it back, right? And we have to model the way we treat others. All of those things are things that our kids are watching all the time, including our inner voice, actually, which is so interesting. You know, um, sometimes we think, oh, I can be sort of going back to kind of the beginning of our conversation, Patricia, when we talked about self-compassion, sometimes we kind of think that I can be terrible to myself that I can love my child and and it'll be just fine but eventually that inner voice comes out for all of us mm-hmm. for me my mom was amazing uh, um, she's an amazing person but you know she had her challenges and I remember once I remember watching her in front of the bathroom mirror telling herself once like how how ugly she was and, and it was oh. so heartbreaking and sad and Oh yeah, and 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 she and she never intended to, to, of course, teach this to me. But of course, what did I do when I was in my late teens and young early twenties? Is I did the mm-hmm. same thing because not, I don't know. That's, I just believed that's it what was you, so at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's you what know, you saw. Yeah. So it's yeah. very much it's very much modeling. And, and um, yeah. also tell us about, we have about a minute before break. So tell us quickly about your podcast and how people can hear it. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Mindful Mama podcast, we have like over 270 episodes and, and, and I get to talk to all kinds of amazing people like you do, Patricia. And you can listen to that on a podcast app or at Mindful Mama Mentor 
com. But yeah, right from your phone, you can listen to the podcast and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to do the podcast. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk with Hunter about what are the typical questions she's getting from parents in parenting classes, on her podcast, in the work that she's doing from her book. What are the challenges that parents face a lot and, uh, and, her, and her advice? So stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. You can learn more about Hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest today is Hunter Clark Fields. She's a mindfulness mentor, host of the Mindful Mama podcast, creator of the Mindful Parenting online course, and author of the new book, Raising Good Humans. She helps parents bring more calm into their daily lives and cooperation into their families. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. Her website is mindfulmamamentor.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank so, you. Hunter, here's my question. What are you hearing from parents, you know, in the courses you teach, in the, the podcast you do, uh, the online work, your, your, um, your book? What are you hearing over and over that people are struggling with the most, even after you're teaching it to them? Well, cer- yeah. Well, certainly it's uh, it's how do how do I stop yelling? And the the two questions I get the most are, how do I stop yelling? And then why won't my kids listen to me? You know, those are sort of like the two big questions. And and we did we did talk about the the yelling a little bit there in the beginning. So I'll talk about the other one. The, why don't my kids listen to me? And it's just, we're so frustrated, right? We, we have this, um, we have, the kids don't listen. And we have this, 
you know, we're just trying to get out the door. We're just trying to do things, and our children aren't listening to us, and it's incredibly frustrating, um, you know, even as, as we try to be kind and whatnot. And uh, what a lot of us, so one of the things I teach is the communication barriers that we use, and a lot of us don't realize that we're inadvertently using these communication barriers that cause our kids to just resist and resent us, and Mm -hmm. we tend to use them all the time. So, for instance, one of the Mm -hmm. biggest ones that causes, like, resistance and resentment in kids is orders and commands. And we don't realize we're doing it, but we're generally, like, barking orders at kids kind of all day long. If you're a two-year-old, your day is filled with you know, um, put away your toy, put on your shoes, pull up your pants, you know, close the door, open the door, all these orders all all day long. And, and this just, it's not, our, I'm not, this is just how it is. Like, this is like the, the culture we live in and this is the, the air we breathe that this is how we speak to kids. But even if you're just two years old, like, nobody nobody likes being ordered about. <laughs> nobody, mm-hmm. not at any age. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually tends backfires because kids learn to resist. They, you know, they develop a habit of resistance and resentment when we're, we're having, when we have a request. And so it can kind of build up some resistance and resentment in kids. Well, yeah. So, but that's the work you do. The work is the mindfulness work so that, so that they're not yelling, but also getting their kids to listen. The, the trick for that then is, for, first of all, not to, to yell and to do mindfulness practices, but what turns it around for them, Hunter? What is it, you know, what's, when they come to you and they say, you know what, Hunter, my kid's listening to me now. What happened? What was mm-hmm. happening there? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so in, in Mindful Parenting, we do this work. And, and I, I kind of think of the, it, the, the first step to it, I call it like the clear method. And the, the, the clear, the, the C in the clear stands for, for calm, right? Like calming our reactivity. So that's always number one, the first step, because remember way back in the beginning of this, we talked about how like our, our brains just kind of bypass the prefrontal cortex part of the brain, the whole brain when we're in this reactive state. So our first step is to always calm our reactivity with those habits that steady the heart, the mind and the nervous system. And then the L in the clear is to listen reflectively. And so it's really hard to like that calming reactivity piece when our kids starting to have some resistance to what we're saying, you know, we're just, normally we're just kind of like, we're on, we have got, we have momentum, you know, we're like going forward towards dinner or out the door or whatever it is, right? We have an agenda and we're moving towards that. We're on this, we have this momentum and it really does require us to stop, to then listen, calm our reactivity, L, listen, and really be present, right? Really to, to listen and kind of understand what's going on for our child. It may take a moment of looking at, you know, what, what's happening in every moment of conflict with our kids is that they have some need that's driving their behavior, right? They're not trying to manipulate you. <laughs> They're just trying to meet their own needs. And similarly, we're trying to meet our own needs too. We're trying to maybe get out the door or whatever it is, make dinner, all those things. And so when we have a conflict, we have a conflict of needs. And then we, when we can st- step back and say, well, what are you needing and mm-hmm. what am I needing here? And so right. all of that really requires those habits that really right that we talked slow about down right to have talked help about exactly all of those all of those things all right really so we have about all those things but to right we have two minutes left so what's your closing message what would you like to leave our listeners with i guess i would like to say that 
you know, you, you, your, your normal, your ways of responding now are not, it's not forever. We can grow and change and what we practice grows stronger, right? So what we practice grows stronger and we can start to shift and change the way we respond. We can become more present. We can, it really can become less stressed in our entire lives and have more peace in our entire lives. We don't have to be perfect at parenting, but, but we can make changes so that we can enjoy it a little bit more. So Absolutely. it's not like pulling our hair out, you know, right. and I think that it's so worthwhile, right? These relationships are the most important drivers of our happiness in our lives. And, and it, yeah. really, it, it really yeah. pays off to invest your time and energy into um, things a bit, you know? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Hunter. I wish we had more time. It was terrific. Okay, again, you can log on to um, Instagram, Mindful Mama Mentor, Facebook, Hunter, See Yoga, and then the website is Mindful Mama Mentor. Thanks so much, Hunter, for being on the program. Stand the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. If you'd like to get a copy of my newsletter each month, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. You can like me on Facebook, which is Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you'd like to do your own show, your own podcast, I can help you do that. That's one of the things I do because I've interviewed thousands of people in my in my work. And that, just write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. All right, folks, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.